<laughs> hey everybody, it's Tori, the founder of The Mighty Dames, and we're back for another Roll Call interview. This time we're joined with the amazing Hillary. Hey, Hillary. Hi, you want me to do a little uh, introduction? Yeah, yeah, introduce yourself, um, okay. let them know who you are, where you've trained, how long you've been training. So I'm Hillary Van Ornum. I own and run Unicorn Jiu-Jitsu in Portland, Oregon. Um, I had to do some math to figure out how long I've been training. I've been training in Portland for 12 years. Okay. Um, before that, we were in D.C., outside outside of D.C. and Virginia. And I trained, we did a year, my brother and I did a year of like, it was called Combat Defense Systems. And okay. every day was a different like discipline. One day was like Valet Tudo. One day was Krav Maga. One day was like a Koshukan Karate, which was like kind of kickboxing. Um, one day was Judo and one day Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. Uh, so I did that for a year and then that program kind of stopped my judo. The judo coach that was there was awesome. He's super high level. Uh, he was like, come just train judo with me. So I trained judo for a year, just judo, but we did a lot of groundwork there. Okay. And then and my husband and I moved back to Portland. He wasn't training yet. Um, I'm went to high school here in Portland. So okay. I don't, I I'm from San Diego. Okay. But um, anyway, you travel. You've been yeah, I lived in, we lived in Utah for a year when I was like four, Ohio for two years, like in Akron, Tennessee for six months in Knoxville, also Virginia when I was like two, because my dad was in the military. Okay. And then San Diego off and on between all of these. And then we moved up to Portland when I was in the eighth grade. And then I went to college in Texas in Fort Worth. Jesus. Yeah, no, I've just been in Florida my whole life. Um. But yeah, we moved, Brian and I moved back to Portland in 2007 and my brother was always my training partner. My brother's 6'5 and about, I don't know, 280. He's built like me, but he's 6'5 and I'm 5'10. Mm-hmm. So, um, but he was always my training partner and he wasn't back here yet. So I was like nervous to go train. So I waited two years and I started back in 2009 at Team Quest here yeah. in Portland back when it was like a MMA hub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Got my black belt in 2015. So at the end of this year, I get my second degree on my black belt, which is insane. To what? Me. Does it just yeah. seem like you blinked and I'm like, oh crap, am I really about to get another one? Yeah. And I mean, it's it's funny, like this is the longest I've been at any belt because, mm-hmm. you know, once you're black belt, you're just there. And it's, I don't consider myself a new black belt anymore, but I think up until about a year or two ago, I was like, oh, I'm still a new black belt. It's like, you have a you have a stripe on your belt like yeah you don't move anymore <laughs> you have a stripe so that means you've been doing it for like well even a black belt for like five six years now almost six like five and a half right now crazy it's super crazy that's oh my god that's it's weird I remember like when our coach got his um he got his first stripe and he got his second stripe I was thinking, I look like you've been around here for a minute like I see what you're doing here sir but it's weird that like you've been a black belt almost as long as I've been training <laughs> just about. Well, and my first jujitsu coach was in Virginia. He was a purple belt at the time. Okay. Um, and we like, he brought in a black belt and we were like, Oh, they do exist. Like forget <laughs> a female black belt. And then here in Portland, my coach, when I was at team quest, um, Fabiano Scherner, I think he's got to be a fourth degree now. He was a second degree, and I was like, "Oh wow, he's amazing! He's another big guy you should look up." Fabiano Scherner. Yay! We're getting, um, Hillary's giving us a lot of big dudes that we need to look for, and I'm I'm yeah. here for it. So yeah, it's it's wild to think that, and my husband's gonna get his black belt this year, which he didn't start till training because I was a purple belt. Okay. That's when I finally convinced him, and now he's like, "Why didn't I do this before?" See, 
that's like what everyone says who like I am a person who like they say jujitsu is for everyone, but it's not. It's not for everyone. It's not. Weird, it's a weird thing that we we decided to make our life. It's like it's a weird thing. But those people who do kind of eventually like admit they love it, they're like, oh my God, I could have been training like four or five years ago. Why wasn't I in it? It's like, well, that time's gone. Just enjoy what you have now. Well, I think if I had, I took two years off when we went back to Portland. And I think if I had trained during those two years, I don't know if I would have stuck with it because there were even less females then. And the guys went even harder. And that's a whole story for another time. But being a female in this sport, especially 10, 12, 15 years ago. Yeah. Also, maybe it was a good thing that you had that break to kind of like. That's what I mean. Like, I think it was probably good. Well, that's what we tell people all the time, especially with how COVID hit, like, dude, don't worry. Jiu-Jitsu will be here when you get back. Like, take some time, work on your shit. You come back, you'll have a different hunger yeah. for it. And, and, and like you said, there'll be more women here, which will you know, make you a little bit more comfortable just to, like, be in the environment. Yeah. Okay. All right. So since you mentioned Team Quest, big MMA school, so, like, you're one of the few heavyweight women I've ever heard of who's done MMA. First yeah. of all, Why? And second, like, what was that like? You know, again, like, I think right now, though, highest recognized is like lightweight, but let's be honest, a handful of lightweight. So like 145 tends to be the top. I don't know about you, but I couldn't make 145, 155 if I cut my leg off. I'd be both legs cut off. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So when I was at Team Plus, at first, I really liked the striking best. Um, judo was like my love it for a while, um, partly because I had such an awesome coach in Virginia. Um, his name is Maurice Allen and he's Scottish, which was threw a whole wrench in my judo terminology because a Scottish accent saying Japanese terms was even his daughter, oh. his daughter is she's a double black belt in judo and jujitsu. And she was like super high level competitor. And she's like, dad, what? Um, <laughs> but, uh, so when I started team quest, I really liked the striking, I felt like jujitsu. I didn't know what I was doing. Like get on top, stay on top. Like, um, and we tried to find me fights for a long time. And like one of my coaches there, uh, Robert Fallis, who, um, went on to coach Misha Tate to her championship. And he's, he's no longer with us, but, um, that's a whole other story too. But, uh, he was like, Hillary, you're never going to make below one, 185. Mm-hmm. Like we sat down and like, I remember this conversation, but he was like, you know, Ed Herman can barely make 185 and you're bigger than him. Mm-hmm. And you have a similar issue of like cutting weight that he does. And he was like, 185 is top or is the bottom for you. So um, we tried to find the fights for a long time. And in, in that like journey, I guess you would call it, mm-hmm. I competed in jujitsu and I was like, holy shit, there's women out here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was back when there was just heavyweight was the top end, but there were like my first year competing was at blue belt was my second year of blue belt. And we went to San Diego for the Abu Dhabi world pro back when they would let us heavier people do that. Yeah. And then I did worlds the, the next term it was worlds. Mm-hmm. And that's when I was like, Oh, this is rad. But during that time as we finally found me an MMA opponent, she was six foot something had been training for a few months she went to a gym and they were like you you're signed up to fight already and she was like yeah I I hit hard um and they were like you're not you can't train here you're not yeah prepared to fight not to fight Hillary um so I took that fight it was at I think the weight cost was 225 okay um I weighed in at like 212 
because and she had to cut weight to make that um went out there she did hit real hard <laughs> uh like kind of knocked my jaw um out of alignment but the second round I just pushed her up against the well, I guess she didn't want to come back out for the second round the second round I pushed her up against the cage and got a TKO from knees uh but that was that was my first fight um she to be honest I think had no business being in there mm-hmm. um I was that well guys a lot yeah she and she knocked dudes out in practice mm. so that means you should fight <clears throat> so I did that and then I had several fights lined up at 185 which was like can she get there it would have been rough yeah um yeah. but I was walking around about 195 then so okay. that was my skinny Hillary was 195 and I like I was wearing like a size 12 in women's clothes maybe a 10 sometimes like I was I was thin for me and yeah. I was still 195. Yep. Um, I had several fights fall through. I was supposed to go to South Carolina to fight a girl multiple times. Like everything kept getting canceled. One opponent here in Portland, the girl got arrested. That's <laughs> that didn't happen. Um, so then I was like, well, I guess I'll just focus on jujitsu. And my second fight was, I got a call on Tuesday and said, hey, what do you weigh right now? And I was like, 210. And they were like, what can you make for Saturday? <laughs> we have a girl that um, she was supposed to fight someone else. The opponent bro- dropped out. She really, really wants to fight. She's supposed to fight at 165. Jesus. What, what can you make? And I was like, 195? And I was like, how about day before weigh-ins? And they were like, no, it has to be same day weigh-ins because she lives in Pendleton, Oregon, which is like several hours away. She had to work. Mm-hmm. Okay, 195, <laughs> we'll try. She won't take it. She took it. So I had... Uh, Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning, when we heard that she was going to actually take it and the commission would allow it, I had to weigh 195. She had to weigh in at least 171. Mm-hmm. Um, so three days of, was Hillary not eating, mm-hmm. um, like egg whites and spinach and tomatoes was about all I ate. And I just worked out like crazy. Weigh-ins were at noon on Saturday and I fought that night. Um, Ooh. it was that was the like people talk about like um Masvidal just fought and he mm-hmm. the first time he fought um Usman pounds or something 20 pounds it, but he had day before weigh-ins and they have all the UFC people to help him this was 15 pounds in like four days with same day weigh-ins I couldn't eat after the weigh-ins um I was trying to eat like sweet potatoes and chicken and drink water and I drank Pedialyte she ended up weighing in at like 178 because she was like she had like quarters in her pockets she was drinking water and I'm like she was over trying to weigh up. she was trying to weigh up and um yeah so that fight was rough because I was so depleted yeah and I don't have experience with that but mm-hmm. I did win unanimous decision and that mm-hmm. was that was my toughest fight and she ended up being one of my students for a while and one of my teammates which was pretty cool awesome. um, she, she's kind of stopped training now but she was she was she was pretty rad um and then again no fights because nobody wanted to fight me or there just weren't the ladies yeah and then my last fight was almost eight years ago <laughs> it was the same day that my my nephew was born so I, that's okay. how I remember um but uh yeah this girl really wanted to fight me she kept talking cr- like trash about me I think I was a I was a purple belt at this point and the first time we were scheduled to fight I got my cornea scratched <laughs> um it, like that week of the, the fight so we postponed it she talked all kinds of crap about me like I could like a cornea scratch is 
I think the most painful injury I've ever had. And I've torn my ACL and I've broken a leg. It's just, it's, you can't do anything about it to stop the pain. But, uh, I ended up finally fighting her first round TKO. Like she didn't even hit my face. Um, and I had worlds like two weeks later. So I, I took her down. She ended up pinning her own arm under my leg, like in Mount. Mm -hmm. So I just pinned her other arm and like was hitting, hitting her. I looked at the ref, who's a friend of mine. I'm like, Dave, are you going to stop this? And he's like, yeah. And then afterwards she still talked to talk trash about me. Like, well, she didn't even hit me that hard. And I'm like, I didn't want to you know, break my hands on your face. Yeah. But it's like, but I hit you hard enough quit. for them to yeah. stop the fight and you didn't stop me. So she's not even training anymore. She's another like big mouth that doesn't, she, she had no business being in there with me. And like, that's not like, I don't like to sound cocky and that, that's not me. It's just the truth. Yeah. So after that, it was like, like, I, I was like, okay, I'm done. And then Gabby went to MMA <laughs> and I, the, the risen people in Japan yeah. found about me and were like, Hey, do you want to fight Gabby? And I was like, sure. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, okay, send us videos of you sparring. They kept wanting videos and like, they asked for a lot. And I hadn't been training MMA for about a year or two at that point, mm -hmm. but I was like for Gabby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they just kept not picking me. <laughs> oh my gosh. I guess she'd had what, like three or four fights? Like I think more than that. Yeah. But okay. I mean, yeah. And at that point I was like, you know what? I'm not jumping through hoops for you guys yeah. to fight her. It, and then the, it became more of a joke the more she fought like the grandmas. So yeah, there was some, um, it was like some pro wrestling people in there. The yeah. It, yeah. Well, see, that's the, the, <laughs> Japanese MMA for one let's just say that but like there's also that's what happens when you hit a certain when you hit a certain weight there's just like not the bodies there so it's basically like I mean we got somebody who says they're close to weight she's wearing yeah. in a full sweat suit but we're not gonna make any questions okay, yeah. Um, yeah that's that's weird that's, that has to be a hard thing to stay motivated for too when like you want well that's I, I pretty much took times where I was like I'm just I'm just gonna I'll keep training or it just uh, finding the opponents was so difficult and after so for the the last fight was that I had was at 205 okay. and I had gotten up to about 230 before that and had to drop quite a bit uh and after that I was like you know what it's just the weight and to to be that thin that's I was barely eating like yeah. I was eating, I think 1200 calories a day. And it's just, yeah. Um, and then I tore my ACL and then I was like, I'm done with MMA. Yeah. I, I, I can understand that. I'm like, good. Kudos for you sticking through it as much as possible. I tell people all the time, like, like, Oh, would you ever do so? And so we have a couple of bigger girls down here. Before. I was like, hell no, I cannot take a punch for shit. I've been, I've been like light sparring a handful of times. And one was like, ah, fuck it. Let's do this. And I just got jabbed in the nose. Not a particularly hard, but like, you know, when you're accurate with the jab and you hit them dead, it hit here. And I just saw like this radiated pain all up my head. And I just like, I'm good. This is, I'm not about that life. That's not, I'm gonna stick to the ground stuff. Nah, nah. It's, it's yeah. a special person to like be able to do MMA. Cause like, fuck no, I can't do yeah. that. Well, and all the other girls, the bigger girls that do MMA are all, 
if they do it and they actually train, they're, they're scary. I mean, they're big, strong, aggressive, mean girls. Like, I mean, they're not mean. I don't know about them, but like, you know, when you get out there to fight, they're, they're mean. And yeah, there were a couple of girls that I, I wanted to fight. Um, I mean, this is now nine. And I don't think I'll around anymore, but mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's similar if you think of like, when we think of like MMA is heavyweight for men, you think of the heavyweights, like even the ones who don't look that well trained, like, do you really want to risk it? And no. they hit so hard. The, yeah. My first opponent, she, she hit real hard and she was real strong. I couldn't get her down. Like I was trying to get her down against the cage and she was really strong. And I just, I, I mean, I was a blue belt then. I, I hope I could get her down now. Yeah. <laughs> but she was just big and strong and she was athletic. Yeah. Well, see, so, that's, that's another thing. It's like some people, there's like different types of big. That's so I always tell some of them, there's like a big when they're like solid, like not even particularly muscle, but like dude, everything there is tight. They're not moving. We have the jiggly big. They have the jacked up big. And it's like, when you have a, to me, that solid person is the worst to try to move because like, they're like, what are you doing? It's yeah. just, oh my God. It's, that's, that's what I strive to be. It's just a solid block of a person. So like, I'm just hard to move around yeah. in, in any capacity. Um, so since we're already talking about like competition and all that, so you are, you're a black belt. You're in, what are you like a master two, three? Three. Three, okay. Master three. So what is it like when you, what is competition like once you hit that black belt level, once you get older? Because it was, it's fair for me as a purple belt now. So like, what is that like? Well, I mean, having a point, I have not competed at master's three yet. Um, I'm 43 and I haven't had either opponent. Well, there hasn't been anybody. Uh, my, my, so I have two coaches. One is uh, James Foster and the other is Jiva Santana. And they both are like, sign up for your weight or for your weight class. Of course I have to sign up for my weight class. There's no, there's no option there. Sign up for your division. And if, you know, maybe somebody will see that you're there and they'll sign up. And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." so I sign up for master's three. And then, I mean, I I was doing adult up until 2019. So yeah, which is hard. I mean, when I first went against Dominica, I was like, I could be your mother. I mean, I would be a very young mother, but I could be your mother. Yeah. Uh, and she was like, oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> like, and then she kills me. But uh, <laughs> it's it's another level. I mean, I, and starting out at Black Belt, I did adult. My mm-hmm. first match is a Montero. And I was like, okay. Um, second match, Andresa Correra. And third match, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> Dive right in there. Um, Welcome to Black Belt. Welcome to Black Belt. And uh, yeah, and then I tore my ACL in my second tournament at Black Belt, which is Worlds. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's hard and it's it's interesting now seeing like, I'm we're signed up to, or we're going to New Orleans next week to do the New okay. Orleans Open. And there's hardly any women Black Belt signed up. There's a few in adult, but I'm, I'm done doing adult, at least for now, like yeah. owning a school and trying to get my students, we we're bringing six, there's six of us going down there. So I've got four students and my husband and I, I'm getting them ready. Yeah. So it's really, I don't know how like Galval, I don't know how he was coaching at the level he was coaching and then mm-hmm. competing too. That's really, really hard. So I'm just doing masters for now, but I moved down to masters one. There's, I think four other girls, two heavies. Okay. 
Okay. Um, and then two like light feathers or feathers. <laughs> that's about that's about right. There's no um, but they're all new black belts. Like I okay. look them up and I'm like, I don't know who you guys are because you're new and I so that's starting to happen more. These like that's more good. girls are coming up that are much newer black belts. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh <laughs> like yeah, they do keep coming. Like, okay, I, all right. And it's that that's cool, and I think that's gonna help grow the divisions. Yeah. Um but no, it's, I mean, I think my, when I came back from my ACL surgery, I did Pan Ams with my first tournament back and I did masters cause I was not ready. Like Foster was like, are you ready for Tiani? And I was like, physically, no, not, not quite yet. Like, um, so I did masters and I, I won my division. There was one other girl in my division. She moved up a weight class from heavy to, you know, have an opponent. Mm-hmm. And then I, I got second in the open. I lost to Jenna Bishop, but I won several matches that day. And I was yeah. like, I wasn't happy with how I did because I was like, well, they were all smaller than me. Mm-hmm. And one of my really good friends and training partners was like, Hillary, they're black belts too. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, at that stage, like you'd hope the excuses weren't there as much. The other ones could like, you are black. Like you've been doing this for a while. I'm still like, I'm not happy with how I did at Master Worlds last year. My first match, like I think the other girl probably should have won. It went to rough decision. She did a loop choke that was, it was tight. And I told her that afterwards, I was like, that was really tight. You should have gotten an advantage for that. And you didn't. And, and I won. Yeah. Not happy. And then my yeah. other matches, just not happy. Like I wasn't happy with how I did. And I still got silver and bronze. Like, yeah, sometimes I will say that's one of the things that like, almost like bums me out about being like, when you're in the heavier weight class, it's like, I want to feel like I earned my medal. And like, it sucks when you see, and I was like, oh no, two, one or two matches and you're gold. But like, you see like your, you'll see your teammates and you see them working through like a 14, 15 man bracket. And you know, and they pick that bronze medal up. They're like, fuck yeah, I got this bronze. Cause you know what they had to go through it. And then like, you're holding a gold medal you're taking a picture on the podium. There's like one person there. You're like. But there's nothing we can do about that. No. Yeah. My husband has gone through, he's won Masters Worlds at blue and purple. Oof. at blue he had like 50 something guys in yeah and 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 then he did the open and he got silver in the open by like a rough decision or an advantage mm-hmm. in the finals like and then at purple he went to masters three but he still had like 20 guys in his division yeah like i'm like oh i've got four yes i think we talked about this before like the most people i've ever had in division like including myself i'm gonna say was five so like, and when I saw that five, I was like, holy shit, full at bracket. World, at Worlds, there were 12, 11 or 12 of us. It ha- and I was heavyweight. So that was before the super yeah. heavy. But yeah, I was like, holy shit. These are, and like a lot of those girls are black belts now, which is also pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause like you do a, a certain degree, you have to kind of just like wait for people to float up and wait for them to advance. But at the same time, it's frustrating because people keep losing fucking weight, man. So like most of the girls that I knew as super heavies as white belt, I think maybe one or two of them are still super heavies. The rest have thinned out on me. Like you traitors. Well, see, like, I don't think either of us can ever make that heavyweight. Oh God, no. Like the lowest I've been in like my adult life. And I'm not counting like when high school, like I had a senior year, like senior year, I'm about to lose all this weight. But like as an adult, the smallest I'd been had been 210. And I looked fucking weird. Um, 195. 
Yeah, and like, I never want to get to that again. So for me, like a healthy walk around competing weight is right around like 240, 250 is like where I like to stay. So I'm chipping my way back down to that. But yeah, there's See, no- I don't even weigh myself anymore. I don't no. know what I weigh. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to make me sad and like frustrate me. So no. I just don't get on the scale. And if I go to a doctor that like, I try to avoid doctors that require you to get on the scale, mm. which I know isn't good, but I don't want to like, I weigh myself out of amusement because like, you know, there's certain days you walk around like, oh, I know I feel heavy today. And like the last four times, like, oh, I feel heavy as shit. Like, oh God. And I get on the scale. I'm looking like, oh shit, I lost the half I'm going to eat that cookie now. But, um, I measure myself. Yeah, yeah, I see, measure I, like, my, my bra, my waist, and my hips. Yeah, I feel like if, I feel like that's a more positive way to do it. If you are like working on like, like toning your body up or thinning it out a little bit is to do measurements instead of weight. I said, uh, like I'm in the process now of chipping back up because when COVID, I picked up a COVID 30. So 30 and then some. So I had floated up to around three, I think it was like 334. It was like the highest I'd ever been. So I was just like, okay, well, I'm at the point now where I'm not healthy. So I kept chipping, chipping, chipping. But um it's 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 weird because like when you're a woman, you already know your weight's gonna fluctuate just because of the extra hormones. But like when you know you're not doing work, you can't train and you do all that, and like all you can do is eat. And then like, oh, I should go outside and walk. I'm not fucking walking. Give me another donut. So um, now we're in a healthier, healthier space. And, you know, we can actually train a little bit more and actually like get out there. So that's, that's been like a freaking godsend. So um, you, um, but you own your own gym. Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu. I would have worn my shirt, but my girlfriend stole that shirt. I want to say, when was camp last year? It was in August. Yeah. yeah. August that's about the time we started dating I want to say like two months into our relationship she took that shirt it's like I like this and I've it's never been in my home since <laughs> we have more oh no we are we, yeah I gotta send you some stuff too which oh that's some new stuff coming out so I, I got you um so yeah how long have you had unicorn jiu-jitsu and what like kind of drove you to open it so we opened in May of 2019 okay um what drove so when I was at Team Quest, I started coaching. Um, they had like an instructor's program, and it was like a two year program. And they really t- worked on how to not just what to teach and like the techniques, but like how to coach. And Robert Wallace really influenced how I try to coach. And it's not just teaching, so there's like teaching and there's coaching. Yeah, teaching is like I'm going to show you how to do the thing, coaching is like working on your mindset, like just everything. Mm-hmm. Um, why you're doing the things you're doing, uh, and having like a, a purpose. Mm-hmm. The words are not flowing very well for me this morning. I know what you're saying. Um, I'm just saying, but it, it's more. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started coaching there. Um, did some kids classes, which was like itty bitty kids of just like doing obstacle course. Mm-hmm. Um, I taught a fitness class, um, and then like I helped coach not jujitsu, but kickboxing. Okay. <laughs> classes. Um, and I just, I really liked it. And like, growing up in high school, I played basketball and in the summers we ran kids camps for basketball. So like little kids would come in and the high school kids would teach the camps. Yeah. And I, I, I've always really liked 
coaching and teaching and in mm-hmm. college I did some of that too so it was kind of a natural fit um I switched gyms at Purple Vault and the the gym I went to I was like I really want to teach and it was like yeah that would be great we don't have any room on the schedule for you okay brown belt I really want to teach yeah yeah there's 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 not really room for you okay so I started I was lifting doing my strength conditioning at a gym um owned by at the time he was a brown belt and our coaches were like hey you should put gym, you should put mats down in your gym and do a little jujitsu and he was like oh I hadn't thought about that but that's a good idea so he started a jujitsu program and I was like hey Tony what if we start like a lot of these ladies in the lifting are like hey Hillary you do that jujitsu stuff like mm-hmm. what's all what's it all about and I was like hey can I start a women's program and he was like yeah he was totally on board. We started one day a week and, uh, it grew so that like, we started like a two day week program. Mm -hmm. I would go train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe, maybe take Friday off. And then I would teach on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but I only had them Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm -hmm. And there, it was kind of a joke. We did this from, I'd have to look at the dates. I was brown belt when I started and, um, I left in 2019 to start my gym. Um, So it's, it's been a while and we, a lot of nights we had more ladies on the mats than the guys. And mm-hmm. it would always be this joke, like when there would be more guys, Tony would be like, Hey, we beat the guy. We beat the ladies tonight, <laughs> but I really We're rising like, up. I really like coaching, but I, I still wanted my own training mm-hmm. and I just didn't have these girls every day of the week. And I, I wanted more. Yeah. And we started looking at, um, this is when Brian was, I guess he was, he was a brown belt or no, it was a purple belt this time. No brown belt. Yeah. It's blurry. I think it was a purple belt when we started looking. Um, and he really wanted to teach. And like sometimes when Tony, the owner, was out, Brian would teach the guys or we would merge the class and we would start teaching together. I was teaching a lot of seminars, uh, not seminars, well, some seminars and a lot of camps. Yeah. Camps or special events like Black Belts for Butterflies. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brian would always be my assistant. And we just, I don't know, he just was like, I want to teach too. And we just started looking into it and Rhonda Andrews, who's like one of my very best friends, she mm-hmm. owns her own gym in, in Las Vegas. And she yep. was like, like, I've been, I remember when she first started it and like, she, we talk all the time and we just talked about like starting a gym. And, and I really picked her brain about like what is involved and mm-hmm. she's helped a ton. Um, and yeah, we just were like, let's look and see if this is possible. And my parents helped us out. And my brother, my brother, who's, he's, he's a blue belt now. My original training partner, there you go. Training, but he's taken breaks. He's his, he's been a martial artist his whole life. Like how mm-hmm. I started training was because when we were in Virginia for Christmas one year, he, I was like, what do I get him for Christmas? And he was like, I really want to train martial arts again. And I was like, okay, I'll buy you two months, two months of training. Mm-hmm. And then we started looking at gyms and I was like, I think I want to do that too. So that's how I started training. Um, but it's been his lifelong dream to own a martial arts gym. And he's our kickboxing coach. Okay. But we, we started looking at spaces. I probably love your space, though. And oh, it's it, look, yeah, it looks, from the pictures when you start, like, oh, this looks cool. I like this layout. Well, we started looking at spaces in, like, the fall, of, well, summer, fall of 2018. We just started kind of looking and, like, how much does it cost? like just researching and there was one time Rhonda was here visiting and I drove her by some spaces and she was like yes no yes no and then we found this space that we're in and the rent was significantly cheaper than other places and it looked kind of funny but I think growing up my mom's always like 
bought and redone houses so mm -hmm. I can see a space and maybe kind of see potential in it yeah and I saw this space and I was like I can see mats working here and I can see this and I can and we got it and our landlord's been rad during COVID so mm -hmm. I think we really lucked out on the space um but yeah so we started Unicorn um yeah. and we the story on how we came up with that name uh I don't even, I think just because my hair and I always have my nails, you, you can't really see them, but they're kind of, they're glittery. Uh, I'm sponsored by Show Your Roll and Show Your Roll, um, I think my first year at Black Belt, they just started calling me a unicorn and I like unicorns. Um, I even have like, this is my mouse pad. <laughs> um, I grew up riding horses, so I love horses and unicorns. And we were like, eh, but calling it unicorn jujitsu, like that's going to turn some people off. Mm -hmm. And we met with one of my old students is she works for like a marketing company and we met with them and they come up with like brand strategies and, mm -hmm. and like the story behind a brand and then how to fit the story behind the brand with the actual brand and the marketing and like everything from the font to the mm -hmm. logos. And they were like, no, unicorn is the perfect name. Uh, you're going to weed out people. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't want like... I, one of the reasons I wanted to start this was to create a gym that I wish I had had coming up, mm -hmm. um, to create a space for everyone to feel comfortable to try jujitsu. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, we have competitors to, you know, women in their fifties that are just trying this for fun Yeah, and everybody in between. Um, but the marketing company was like, no, you need to stick with unicorn. Yeah. And we did. And, and I think it, and we, we have had a few like bros walk in, but they don't stay. And the guys that come in, the guys that come in that I'm, I'm like, Ooh, I don't know about him. They end up being very receptive to me. That's a, I've talked about this this week with like, so we've, we've been getting new students lately. And if a guy comes in that's very receptive to me and listens to me and respectful of me, yep. Cause being, being a woman coach, like it's, it's different. Yeah. And we're not just a women's gym. Like yeah, we have, I think it's kind of 50, 50, maybe a little bit more women, but we're pretty even. So, yeah, it's, it's weird. I used to teach our competition class, even that's like a small belt, um, small level, but like I'm the purple belt, we're still a young gym. So like I'm one of the higher ranks and mm -hmm. even then, like my coach will be in the gym, but he's doing something else. And they're like asking him, he's like, Tori's coaching, ask her. And you can tell the ones who've known me long enough, they have no issue with it. There's still a couple of them, the newer guys come in. They're kind of like, ask the woman. And like you say, they don't really last that long or they change their team extremely quickly. It's like, you don't really have a choice. So, but um, no, that's pretty cool. I like how, I like your, how you explained your reasoning. Like you wanted to create the gym that you never had. I've been, uh, me and my girl have been recently talking about like us, investing in our own businesses and stuff like that and I have never wanted I am notorious for saying there's no way in hell I've ever opened a gym like fuck this shit I never and like this year I was like you know what I could do that and similar to you it's not like I want to do one because of what we're lacking like what I don't have it's more like man it would be great like Aranda to be like I just want to be this black chick in the South who owns a jiu-jitsu gym. And like, I wonder how that would change up, you know, the demographics on the mat. Like what kind of, like, could I get more black kids and more brown kids on the mat if I'm there? 
that could be pretty dope. So like yeah. now maybe it is like what I'm lacking is like I'm that, that that diversity or that inclusion. So like now I'm like, I've been like thinking because I'm getting closer. I'm I'm knocking at Brown. We're gonna get there. It's like, you know, about five or so years might be a possibility. We'll see. But yeah. Yeah, you never, that's the good thing about jujitsu. Like you never know where it's going to take you. <laughs> well, there were, there were some other reasons too. Like I wanted to bring in more women for seminars, mm-hmm. but I had to like ask permission. Like, like what's the schedule like here? What do you think? Um, you know, it was, I couldn't just go do. Yeah. I had to ask the, either my, my coach or the, the place I was coaching at, like I had to negotiate with them and it wasn't always it wasn't a bad thing it was just working around other people's schedules and what they their visions of things and if you're different it's it's and they're they're the owners they're the boss like if they don't agree with it then you don't get to do it yeah so there's that kind of stuff and I don't know I think there should be more women coaches and and gym owners so he said there's a lot of bro coaches out there that like we could have some more women to balance it out it will it will not upset the balance it'll be perfectly fine um, I just, I want it to become normal. Like we're seeing yeah. women, women coaching in the NFL and NBA mm-hmm. and major league baseball. Like why not jujitsu too? And jujitsu works whether you're male or female. Yep. And then it stops like tokenizing it and stops like fetishizing yeah. it. And it's like, oh, you're a black belt coach. Ooh. Like it's like, oh yeah, she owns the gym. Cool. Next story. Like it, we kind of want it. It's weird because we kind of have to spotlight it now because it's that rarity. You want to give it the credit, but at the same time, being just another gym among many there's something comfort just just not always having to have that highlight sometimes it's okay we're just we're just fine well um, and and being a female black belt gym owner is kind of like being a unicorn too yeah there's not very many of us it's um, it's a rare well this um, is funny because you talked about Rhonda and like I met her a couple years ago she coached you some one time right? yeah she coached me and like I like forever will be indebted to her because our gym, we compete, but they're mostly like, we have younger kids and like the kids, the, the one, the guys who train are like training for MMA. So we have an average amount of like adult competitors. So I compete a lot or I try to, and that means I have to get out of Florida. If I want, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I know everyone here. Like we've, I've gone against you eight times, like next. So I went to Vegas for the American open or American nationals. And it was just me and my sister. I said, fuck it. Let's see what happens. And I want to say like the first day she like saw one of my matches. She's like, you here alone? Yeah. Like you need help? Yes. Thank you. I think she was talking to my sister and be like, are you coaching her? And my sister's like, no, please say whatever, whatever you want. And like came back the next day, helped me out. Like it was really, I was, that was one of those moments where I was like, oh my God, there are good people in jujitsu. And the fact that, again, like you said, it was a black, black belt who like volunteered to help me. I was like, oh, I'm so special. Like it, it, it's one of those things where I have little moments with a lot of upper belts that they may have considered a passing thing. But now that we're friends and we're social, we talk about, I remind them of that. I tell them like, you don't understand that. Was like a, that was like a, that was a whole moment for me. Like I was like, Oh shit. Well, I think it was for Rhonda too. I mean, she saw because Rhonda's not a small girl. Rhonda Rhonda made middleweight for like a year starving herself. But yeah. she's not a small girl either. And I think she saw, hey, there's another kind of bigger black woman out there. I can help her. Mm-hmm. And that's that's Rhonda. So I, uh, yeah, I 
like I said, I wanted to go back. I was going to do Worlds last year. It's weird because I would have been fine going to Vegas last year, but when they came to Florida, I was completely unprepared for it, so I couldn't do it. And I was pissed, but I'll be doing Pam Vegas this year. I'm doing, oh, I can't go to Vegas. I can't do Vegas this year because I'm because I'm doing because I'm we're going I'm going to Indiana and then I have like a sister's trip thing they're all making me do. It's November. <laughs> I know, and that like I, I I don't know I say no now but we'll see. Um, but well, I know and I will both be there. We will both yell at you. So awesome! I I work well to yelling because <laughs> let's be honest. Like when when they're coaching, there's about I hear about thirty percent of it. And you know what I know because I can't see without my glasses. And if I hear them like, okay. You don't need to look at us when we're coaching. I do. I do. And there's a bunch of videos of me squinting, looking at my coach. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's, it's, it's bad. I have terrible eyesight. <laughs> but you don't need to see to hear. No, no. But you know, it's the same thing. It's like you turn your radio volume down when you're trying to find the location you're going to. It's just like a focus thing. Like I hearing and seeing go hand in hand. So, yeah, I know. I because I have shit hearing too. So like I need all all of my senses need to focus. Senses. So we need to really see what the hell is going on here. Or it's just but um yeah, this is dope. Thank you for talking. We basically had like a long yeah. ass story time which I'm totally down for. <laughs> but um, so do you have anything going on this in the next couple months? Just training? New Orleans. New Orleans. Are you, have, um, are you trying to do any competitions this year? Well, I'm, I'm going to go compete in New Orleans, do the Open, hopefully okay. some folks sign up for it. Okay, good. Um, and then there's a tournament in Boise in June. Okay. Um, and I'm trying to convince one of my other best friends, Marisha Maljasiak, I say her name poorly every time, but Ma's gonna, I'm trying to convince her to come out and then stay for like a week or so, however long I can get her to stay. Mm-hmm. And then the big thing I'm really excited about, well, I can't, well, I, we haven't announced it yet. So okay. a big name female black belt is planning to come out here in August for like a month-ish oh, and dope. train. And that's something that we want to start doing is bringing out people females males doesn't matter to come coach for us for like a week yeah a couple weeks a month and we're going to call it like coach coach in residency instead of like yeah, yeah, residency. Yeah. um i i want to try to do things differently mm-hmm. different things um that's a really why good not expose why not expose our students to different coaches yeah. like i don't ever want to be one of those like you only learn from me like you i don't trust what they're going to teach you because i've heard of that and that's it's that's no good I so. did not know that was a thing for the first oh, yeah. years I was training. Oh yeah. Because I've like, I've been cross training since a, like a little over, I was like, since I was a blue belt. Cause you know, Melissa down here, Melissa Lawson, I've been training with Melissa. I want to say since I was a white belt, but like right on that white to blue level, because I have no heavy and she has like yeah. four or five heavies around my side and she's a higher belt. And she, again, she invited me. That's one of those things. Like she mentioned, like she just mentioned, hey, you should come over sometime. But for me, a young white belt, having, I think she was a brown belt at the time, like asking me to come train with her. I was like, okay, excuse me. I can't come. I can't hang out with you guys today. I'm going to go train with a brown belt. Yes, yes. It's a one step. The next one's black. It's coming. Um, but yeah, no, yeah. there's coaches that are like, if you go train there, 
they're going to steal your secrets. I think it happens less now. This was more when I was white and blue belt. I heard mm-hmm. about this. I've, um, I've still, there's a, there, I don't know what the team is, but there's a team around here that like in their logo, it's like, um, something like loyalty and creonge. Is that how you say it? Like it was in their logo, no, I'm like, wait, what? We're still, we're still doing this? 2021 okay weird um yeah I never understood that mentality because we were always told to like go to a seminar train someone else get stuff bring it back to the gym so the fact there's still gyms are like you can't cross train first of all I'm grown yes I can (laughs) but yeah there's there's still yeah there's still people out there it's yeah I'm I'm lucky that especially like brown or purple until I I left uh my coaches were very like go cross train mm-hmm. um it's especially important for women too because like yeah if there's women in your gym it's very it, most time it's not a lot and they tend to be on the smaller side they tend to be like one body type so i think for us and that's why there's so many successful women open that is because like mm-hmm. people want to go train with other women so all right so if they want to learn more about hillary they want to hit you up where can they hit you where are you out online I'm more online on Instagram at unicorn. Is it underscore jujitsu? I don't even know. That's how bad I am. And then just on Facebook or our webs, our gym's website is just unicornjujitsu.com. Okay. Well, when we do how I do these, like there's going to be a little banner on the hill with your Instagram handle on it. So they'll know how to reach you and all of the other information will be. In- and our, our gym is unicorn jujitsu PDX. PDX is the okay. short code for Portland. Okay. So that's the gym and my husband yeah. runs a lot of that. How is that short for Portland? I don't know. It just that makes PDX. no damn PDX. Whatever you say PDX around here and they know exactly like it's yeah, there's lots of PDX. Okay. Yeah. All right, all right. I'm gonna leave that. I, I'm in the south. We have all kinds of weird stuff, so I cannot judge you here. All right. Well, thank you again. This is awesome. Yeah, thank you. Bye.